Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out big news, and he's put it out today. With us is Scott Burton. He's CEO at Fans United Entertainment. Trades on the CEC under FANS, beautiful stock symbol, and for our friends in the U.S. under FUNFF. Look, for those of you new to the story, we're calling uh, FANS the I, the small cap iGaming super company. Look, Why? The global online gambling market could potentially hit a trillion dollars by the end of this decade. There's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, just sheer numbers and the number of people growing online. Uh, and you also got a number of countries and jurisdictions who are looking to legalize gambling to collect taxes so it's not becoming as taboo. And you've got this explosion in uh, gambling options from companies uh, like Fans and Ascot, that, that side, that are providing new fun games people can relate to. It's not just the same old poker, blackjack, and all that kind of stuff. What we really love about uh, fans, though, is for the first time to give small cap investors a chance to participate in that growth because up to now it's been dominated by all the big names. You know, Wynn, Caesar, you hear these all the time. But that all changes with Fans Unite. Uh, and, and they've got a B2B side. That means business to business. they got a B2C side. they got all covered. And they had a record month in October. And today they announced... Fans United Entertainment receives multi-gaming service license and critical gaming supply license. Scott, congratulations. Welcome to the show. Thanks, George. Nice to be back. Hey, man. Before we get into any details, how big are these for the company and what do they mean for the future of the company? Can you understate that? Yeah, yeah. They're... Um... It's a huge, huge milestone for us, and, and it's one we, we talked about, uh, we have talked about a few times. Licensing is very important to us, uh, the future of the business, and, and it's the, the way forward, I think, in, in the online gambling space. Regulation is, is not going away, so, so it's big for us because it um, gives us two, two licenses in a, in a top-tier jurisdiction. Malta is one of the oldest gaming jurisdictions in Europe. Uh, it also gives us a good entry point into Europe, so... We've held other licenses in the past and, and we will continue, but this is really sets up our base for, for European expansion. Um, so we've got a, a dedicated team there already that does operations, trading, risk management. Uh, and now we can really launch into business development. So, so when you talk about the B2B side, um, we've been licensing software for a while now. We, we've stayed out of certain jurisdictions. Um, you know, we announced a little while ago a partnership in the US um, this is really gets us to uh, launch the business development side of, of our European business. Um, you know, it, it couldn't come soon enough. We've been waiting for a while. Uh, we did our merge, Ascot and Fans Unite, in uh, August. So, so we had to go back and redo some of the corporate due diligence with a change of control, change of management. So that just took a little longer than expected. So um, now we have it. Now we can kick off the business development. Uh, and it gives us two sides of the business there. So just to, I guess, to explain the difference on the two licenses we have, um, yep. you know, we have two wholly owned subsidiary companies in Malta. So Fans Unite owns two companies there. Uh, one is called Ascot Games and one is called uh, EGG Limited. Um, the EGG Limited company is, has received a, um, a B2C license. So the, the direct to consumer uh, that allows us to operate our own brands if we choose. So we can run brands from Malta focused on European countries, uh, but also Malta opens up probably about 150 countries we can target from, from that license. So well, I didn't realize that you go that far above and beyond with it. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's um, it's it's a multi-jurisdictional license. So, and it, and it's one of the tier one ones. So if you look at um, Malta, Isle of Man, uh, Gibraltar, there's a number of them that have this multi-jurisdictional license approach. Um, and you'll see big companies, you know, like the Flutter Group, which is Paddy Power, Betfair, Stars, is based in a multi-jurisdictional has has a few. So they'll have Malta, um, and and it does allow you to focus uh, or target countries. Um, that don't currently have any sort of gaming regime. Um, there's a lot of things you have to do to meet the requirements of Malta, which is to have a physical presence, um, local directors, anti-money laundering officer based there, uh, physical servers. So, so the bed is actually struck in, in Malta, so in their jurisdiction. So we make sure that we, uh, we maintain all the infrastructure required and, and then we're free to go after uh, quite, a, quite a lot of countries. So Yeah, and this have, is not, yep. these are not easy licenses, right? This is not uh, George can apply and chance all get a license. And so what's the big deal? You mentioned some big names earlier. Uh, you've, you've got to pass some really stringent uh, due diligence on their end in order to get these two licenses, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it goes, um, you know, into your entire shareholder base. Um, it goes into your business plan. It goes into your ability to finance your business and, and be a going concern for, for an extended period of time. So, so you have to do all that first. Um, and then, and then on, the, on the business to business side, it's even more. So, so the fact that uh, Ascot Entertainment Malta now has our, our critical software supply license, so that one's even more uh, tough to get because then you go in through the technical audit situation. So they'll do a full run through of your entire technical platform, um, which covers everything from security, risk management, uh, verification of players. Uh, how do you maintain player protected fund balances to make sure that the, the players funds are always protected, uh, disaster recovery. So, so it's everything. And, and it sets us up well. So we, we've done it in the past with Isle of Man. Uh, we've now done it with Malta. Um, it sets us up well for any, any emerging market that's, that's regulated uh, or going to be because the, a lot of the newer markets, so we talked about Canada last time. Um, so with Canada looking to open up to potentially outside operators starting with Ontario, they will look to jurisdictions like a Malta or a UK for, right. um, for guidance. And so coming from one of those jurisdictions uh, typically helps you in, in entering a newer market. So, so we've been able to demonstrate in a number of times that, that our platform uh, meets those standards. And so uh, I think in terms of what it means to say an investor who's looking at the technology side of gambling. So where do they invest? Um, you can look at the brands and the people doing that. Uh, but also if you, if you really wanna figure out the technology um, you can look to, a, as you say, sort of a small cap group like us that's flown under the radar, but has come through these major jurisdictions and, and passed on a technical side. So, so I think it gives some comfort and, uh, and takes away some of the risk of, of an investor looking for a gaming opportunity uh, that can operate in a, in a highly regulated space and, uh, and does not have that regulatory risk that we know we can go into any market and, and get past the technical audits and, and get licensed. Um, and this may go off the beaten path just a little bit, only but only because you mentioned Canada and Ontario. Um, how many Canadian iGaming companies are there out there that also have a Malta license? Um, and I'm looking for a precise number. Sorry, but is it is it a small group? I, I'm presuming it's a, it's a, it's not a big group. Yeah, it's it's like I would guess really technically say none, since you know Canada is a, a government monopoly on gaming, so. Um, there would be mal 
there would be companies with Malta licenses that are probably taking Canadian bets right now. Uh, we wouldn't be one of them because we are um, waiting for Canada to open up and, and we want to come in through the proper uh, regulatory channels. So, so of anyone I can think of, I can't really think of a Canadian one right now that has Malta licenses like we do. Um, Which should give you an advantage, right? When you sit yeah. down and talk with the Canadian and provincial authorities uh, to say, look, we're, we're located <clears throat> here. We're a Canadian company. We've never taken bets from Canadians. We've got our Malta license. That, that really gives you guys a, a strong, I know we're going to talk about Europe in a, in a second, but because you opened that door, it's going to give you guys a strong foothold here. Am I, am I overstating that? No, I mean, that's what we believe. Um, and, uh, and we've had very good feedback and response from our, our early discussions in Canada. So, you know, we've been here for, we've been in the gaming space now um, for eight years, uh, always based in Canada, but we've never had Canadian conversations till probably the last six months. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I'm happy with the approach we always took, which was to, to stay out of North America. Um, and, which wasn't and easy, right? Because there's easy yeah. money there when you probably need it most uh, you know, you, when you're going through growth. The fact you guys, you know, went around that temptation uh, is says a lot about you guys and your forward thinking. Yeah, yeah, we, we strongly believe that, um, you know, regulation is, is the way to go and following the, the rules is ultimately the way to go. Um, it's also especially, I think, true when, you know, when we were on a path, if you look to some of our large investors and our early investors, um, are pretty high up executives with major gaming companies and major publicly traded gaming companies. So they wouldn't associate themselves with a company that's operating in the black or extremely gray markets. So, so we've always uh, made that commitment to our investors and our shareholders that, um, you know, we're going to take that path always towards regulation and, and following those rules and be poised to take advantage of markets as they open up. So, so that's really what we've been doing. My favorite question is uh, uh, that I wanted to ask you is the excerpt I took out from the press release and I'm going to read it. It says, Fans Unite will immediately commence extensive biz, biz development, I was going to say biz dev, biz yeah. dev to promote iGaming and sports betting services to both end consumers and online casino and, spook op and sports book operators in Europe. I like that. Immediately commencing extensive biz dev. What does that look like? Where are your priorities? B2B, B2C? What kind of things you guys be doing in terms of picking up the phone and saying, "Hey, we got the license. Let's talk." Yeah, so so I'd put it, put it all uh, really uh, on a, on a B two B angle, but we can leverage the B two C license for some of that. And and the reason we we wanted the the B two C license is um, there are groups that want to be in the gaming space but don't want to get licensed themselves. Um, and don't want to do that extra work or have the, the cost of maintaining that infrastructure, the added risk to the business. So, so what we can do with a B2C license is white label our, our platform. Right. And in that scenario, we can manage everything for them and then sub-license a gaming license. So they can effectively be a gambling brand, but not have any of that, uh, the, the stuff they need for the infrastructure for it. So that's what the, the B2C license allows us to do is run white label brands. So they'll be using our platform. So it's it's still in my mind a B two B angle, um, where the where the separation there is and the distinction in in a jurisdiction like Malta, is the B two B for them is our critical software supply license, and the way they look at that is, that's where we're partnering with a with a licensed operator. So there's somebody out there who has their own operating license. Um, 
and this is really to come at it mostly from an esports angle is that if they want to plug in an esports betting platform to their existing sportsbook or casino, they can just take a software agreement from us and then we don't take on any of the um, licensing issues. We don't take on the payments. We don't take on the KYC. Right. They do all that. Um, so the B2C, so I'd say, yeah, our business development is going to be around B2B. In some cases, we may sub-license a license. In some cases, we won't. You've already been setting uh, you know, record numbers with what you did in October. Uh, without getting to specifics, not actually for projections, but what kind of impact do you think these two multi licenses will have on on the company's top line in 2021? Yeah, I mean, it, it was key. So um, we we've been pretty quiet on doing the business development until we got these in place. So so the all of the growth we were expecting or almost all of it on the B2B side was was contingent on on having these two licenses. So everything we really built in, we, we did uh, off of the back of, of being licensed out of Malta. Um, we have the ability to do deals uh, through a partnership in Curacao. Uh, we're working on a UK license now, but uh, Malta was key for next year's revenue on the B2B. Um, UK license. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people would think Malta gives access to Europe, so it covers Europe. UK is you know, technically Europe, I guess, or okay. who knows where they are right now. Yeah. But a UK license uh, is the only way you get access to that massive UK market. How's that looking? And how's the Malta, how do these two Malta licenses help you get for, get the UK license? Does it add further credibility and yep. validation or is it, or is it inconsequential to the UK? Yeah, no, it definitely helps. Um, you know, it helps one that we've just gone through the, the process of uh, putting key officials in place, uh, having all of our uh, server infrastructure, everything done because all that's leveraged for the UK. So the UK uh, doesn't necessarily have the requirement of physically being in the UK but you do have to get a UK license and show that you can uh, meet the requirements. So it will be the same Malta entities that have the Malta licenses that will be applying for the UK licenses. So uh, we use all the same key officials, we use all the same directors. Um, so it's a big benefit there. Right. Um, and then yeah, anytime you can show you, you've done a, 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 a license from a jurisdiction that, that used to be on the UK whitelist help, helps us a lot. So. Um, it'll speed up our process now to get the licensing done. You know, our aim is um, end of Q1, hopefully have the UK license. Uh, and then that gives us access to, to the UK market. So Scott, safe to say that you guys are ending the year on a really strong note and going to 2021 stronger than ever. You know, the, the sh should shareholders have a real foundation for optimism, a real foundation for excitement to see what you guys can do in 2021? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this to, in my mind, this was the last piece we needed. I mean, we merged in August, and we've done a lot in in those short yeah. months, um, and uh, and hit I think every milestone and, and thing we were talking to do. So this was really the last one to to set us up. So the, there's nothing I would say holding us back from 2021 plans now, and um, yeah, and and the pipeline of business coming at us and everything we have is uh, has has us very excited and optimistic about 2021. Scott, congratulations, man. I know this right. is a big thing. I know Malta's big and now shareholders at home know how big it is uh, and how important it is. I mean, 150 opens up 150 jurisdictions. Even I didn't know that. So, so, so thanks for telling us that. And, uh, you know, looking forward to having you back again. I'm not sure if you'll be back in 2020, you guys are advancing pretty quickly. So I won't quite say, you know, happy year end or anything like that. And hopefully yeah. we'll have you back before the year end. Yeah, there's a good chance. You've been watching and that's a great little, 
That's a great little segue. All right. So we're going to have Scotty back. You've been watching or you've been listening by podcast through Spotify, Apple, or Google to Scott Burton. He's CEO of Fans Unite Entertainment, trades on the CSC under Fans and for our friends of the U.S. under Fun FF. Uh, you've heard what he had to say. If you want to do some more due diligence, which you absolutely should be because the iGaming, that's the world of you know online gambling, sports bet, casino, plus all those really fun games that fans are creating, uh, really amazing games. We featured them on Agorum a couple of times. Means that they're poised for great growth because they're building product for the new digital customers out there. Uh, and even for guys like me, I think that, uh, that that's fantastic. So do your due diligence, get over to Gorecom, read the profile page for fans uh, so you can get everything neatly uh, summarized there for you. Then head over to their website, do some more due diligence uh, and hopefully you discover your next great small cap company. We know we have, uh, we really like what fans are doing. We love the B2B side. We love the B2C side and they got great leadership. This isn't George and a couple of guys getting together saying, Hey, why don't we try and take advantage of some opportunity in the market? You've heard what Scott said about their history in Canada and how they avoid that temptation. So do your due diligence. Don't say we didn't tell you so. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.